tell you it listeners out there, I just wanted to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. We've been working with bestradiotravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to our loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Awesome. Let's start the show. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, girlfriendit.com, and the movement, girlfriendit. Here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on toginet.com. For a great show today, our guest, Tim Riddle, author of Blind Spots, is the CEO of Discover Blind Spots, whose mission is to help leaders address blind spots within their organizations. They provide help with direction and strategy, clarity in marketing and messaging, and alignment in staff, which leads to a healthy organization and effective leadership. So welcome, Tim. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great, Patty. How are you? I am doing awesome, and and I have to tell you, it's just interesting because as I'm going through um, this amazing book that you and your co-author have written, uh, you go into explaining to the outside world, examining and, and exposing your own blind spots that can be viewed more as weaknesses than as courageous steps toward <laughs> change in your life and relationships, and um, it, this should be all about you sharing like what what motivated you, what it inspired you to write this, how did it evolve? But I immediately want it to be about me because I don't have <laughs> any blind spots. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> and I, I, it's just so interesting because recently I, I had a blind spot exposed and I couldn't get over it. It was one of those things where somebody said something that I had done during a dinner with, um, um, it, it was new leaders that I was going into um, a partnership, you know, with, because I contract out as a corporate trainer. Right. And she said that I created tension at the table. And I wasn't sleeping at night over this. I just couldn't get over it. I, it was easy for me to blame and point the finger that it wasn't me and she had no idea. Like, I'm an expert at reading body language. <laughs> <laughs> and I have such high EQ that this po- couldn't possibly have happened. So I am really leaning in here uh, because God just, it, it was pretty crazy what he did and and how long I denied that this could even take place. So I, with that note, I would like to now ask you, how did you, you know, make this idea evolve and get this opportunity to write the book? Well, we must be kindred spirits because I actually uh, tell a story in the book that's almost identical to what you just described. So I'll, uh, maybe I'll, I'll share that in, in, a, in a bit if we have time. But uh so, yes, I spent uh, a little bit about me. I spent uh, probably uh, 14 years in the marketplace. I owned a company 
um, here in Burlington, North Carolina, and it was fairly successful. And uh, we grew to uh, had a staff of about 100 employees and and so forth. And so I obviously did a lot of the hires of um, the executive staff. And during that time, I was I was younger during that time. But during that time, I always thought that if I uh, supported someone, loved someone, uh, trained them, paid them, whatever I could do to not be an obstacle for them, um, then blind spots would not be an issue. Mm-hmm. And I quickly found that there were several hires. Uh, I don't want to sound like that I was a mean boss and you know nobody could work with, but there were two or three over 14 years strategic hires that were very pr- pretty close uh, employees. And uh, no matter how hard I tried, I could not get them to see uh, some what I would now call back in the day. I don't know that I even used the word blind spots, but that I would now call a blind spot. And um, eventually those uh, relationships parted ways and uh, I left the marketplace for pursuing a call to ministry and spent the last 13 years before my most recent Discover Blind Spots uh, company uh, in the ministry as an executive pastor. And I was uh, doing that and reflecting um, really on my leadership time. And I was reading a book by Daniel Goldman uh, entitled About Emotional Intelligence. And I was doing my seminary work uh, back in, in the day. And I remember reading a statement that he said in that if you... You can love someone, you can train them, you can pay them, you can send them to seminars, you can do all of this. But if the person doesn't acknowledge a flaw or acknowledge that, hey, I think I have an issue here, I need some help. I don't know how he quantified this, but he literally said um, the best you can expect is about a two to three percent improvement. And I remember putting my hands up in the air like a touchdown, if you can picture that. And said, hallelujah, maybe it's not me. You know, maybe maybe it wasn't that I was a terrible leader. Maybe it was uh, uh, there's a missing link there. And um, and then that led to uh, my my latter time in ministry where I really felt God was calling me to write. And uh, my co-author, Phil Anderson, was really a spiritual mentor to me and had written a couple of books. And so we started. uh, the the idea came about, just a real short story, the idea came about by, I talked to him about writing, uh, hadn't really connected the blind spot theme yet, and um, he you know, kind of shared all the ins and outs of that, went home, the next morning, uh, we worked together, the next morning I was up early, I, I love to ride a bicycle for exercise, so I have a trainer in my garage. And it was in January, and it was cold out, so I was riding my trainer, and I remember like it was yesterday. It was about 6.30 in the morning, and about five or ten minutes into my workout, all of a sudden, these illustrations and ideas about blind spots started to show up. And so I would stop and you know send myself a little email so I wouldn't forget it, you know, that, that type thing. And finished my workout, went into the office uh, that morning, walked down the hall. Phil's door was open. I walked in, and he said, I'm glad you walked in. He said, I was praying for you this morning. Mm-hmm. And I said, what What time? And he said, I don't know. It was around 6.30, quarter to 7. And I pulled out my phone, and I showed him 16 emails that I had sent to myself 
mm-hmm. during my workout. And that's when we began this discussion about blind spots. And when we first started writing the book, we, we both said, you know, when we were thinking about it, we said, guy, isn't this an old topic? Isn't this something that, you know, we're going to talk about? And people say, you know, people have written about that for years and, you know, been there, done that. We know all about that topic. But we quickly began to understand that when we talked to leaders about it, immediately their eyes would start to roll back in their head <laughs> and they would start to replay the tape of life experiences and you could see them saying and they would verbalize i wonder if that was because of a blind spot so that was really the um sort of the beginning uh inspiration of the book Mm. you know it's interesting that you you mentioned because i i'm with you on so many times where you you're praying about something and and god's laying something on your heart with uh you know, what you think is a, is somewhat of a fresh idea. And then you start unpacking it a little bit more and you realize, oh, this is, this is a topic that's so old. And (laughs) you know, and and you get discouraged with that. And just for our listener, listeners out there, even, even that to hear what you guys brought to the table and you think, oh, there's no way. I mean, you know, especially when you even look at the Bible is full of where all of our blind spots are. But yet you put a fresh twist to it. I look at it from a, like a designer perspective. When you look at Paisley, you go, sure. Paisley's been around, I mean, kings and queens and, you know, in the early 1200s or whatever. And and yet Paisley is still out there because it's whimsical or they put a fresh little flair and make it more, you know, of a cartoon Paisley or uh, there's there's nothing new under the sun, but with right. a fresh twist to it. And you just add um, stories now that kind of lift it up a little bit more. It just gives it a facelift that everything can be fresh. So I, I love that, that. Even though, yes, we're aware of our blind spots, but sometimes you have to take a refresher course <laughs> on sure. what's going on. Uh, okay, I have a, a question. Sure, and you mentioned sure. Yeah, go ahead. No, you you go ahead. I have all, I have all hours. Well, ask. I was just going to say this real quickly. You, okay. <laughs> you mentioned scripture uh, in regards to that, and one of the first things that we did in our research is uh, I said to Phil, I said, why don't you go – and just go through scripture and write down everything you see that's related to a blind spot or God talks about vision, being able to see or the need to see or the inability to see. And I did the same. And so we took a whole month where we just you know, kind of carved out time solo and did that. We came back and put it together. We put every scripture together that we felt like related to this idea of seeing um, and we ended up on a Word document, we ended up with a 100 pages of Scripture where um, we felt like God was talking about how important it is for us to see clearly. So that gave us a little bit um, more confidence that at least the idea was grounded uh, in Scripture as we began that journey. Mm, mm, that is awesome. Well, my, my question and and we only have a minute because we're going to go into a commercial break. But I can at least sure. ask you the question. And then when we come back, you you have time to mule it around in in your brain. Is you have you've talked about the process of of becoming like Jesus? You know, you're you're saying you you put down all of, of the scripture there, 
And so you, you, you go back to becoming like Jesus requires actions and hard work, um, which you mention often in your book. And when, when we look at leaders of a ministry or, or an organization, um, and you see these blind spots, how do you deal with with sharing that and giving them that kind of feedback? And with that, we are going to go into a commercial break. So we'll talk more about this when we, we come back of how we can, especially if we're leading up. And we'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Toginet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discounts you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash patty to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of our show through Toginet Radio. We have negotiated special rates of over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to BestRadioTravel.com forward slash patty. Sign up and enjoy the discounts. That is bestradiotravel.com forward slash patty. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. During the holidays, temptation is everywhere. Christmas parties, office parties, Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, New Year's parties, not to mention the cookie exchanges and delectable food gifts. It seems like every time you turn around, you're faced with temptation to eat the wrong foods and get off your healthy living lifestyle. I want you to know that you can go through the holiday season and make good choices and still have a fabulous and merry time. This holiday season, don't make food your focus. There's so much more to the holidays than just incredible food. Make your family, friends, and loved ones the focal point of the season. Center in on the true meaning of why we celebrate and give thanks. It's okay to enjoy some wonderful food, too. Just keep your portion sizes in check and stay faithful to your exercise. I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back 
with our guest, Tim Riddle, author of Blind Spots. He is the CEO of Discover Blind Spots, whose mission is to help leaders address those blind spots within their organizations. And we went into the commercial break. I was asking Tim, exactly what do you do? And this this scenario, as much as I, I muddled through that question in trying to um, give specifics without giving it away of, of what this, you know, situation is at a church, um, that happens to have a leader there that is, it seems to be moving forward with, with quite a few blind spots. And when I, when I say that, they're in a situation where these people have left, they, they were there on staff, because this person has become very demanding in what they want from people rather than what you want for the people. Um, you start getting to where they're not even saying thank you. And, and I know a lot of that is triggered from stress and uh, there's demands put on you. So then you start demanding it of, of other people. Um, just not taking the time to sit down with individuals, just these expectations of you should know exactly what needs to be done. And, you know, when I say jump, you need to be saying how high. Uh, what, what do you do in this situation, especially when it is your boss? Yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, when I, you know, I, as I said, I spent the last 27, 28 years of my life, uh, half of the marketplace and half in ministry. And when I was in the marketplace first, then ministry, and then now back in the marketplace. But, uh, my, uh, when I, when I first became a, an executive pastor of a church, I remember, uh, within the, and it was in, you know, my hometown here, and it was a church I attended and was really asked by the senior pastor, Hey, I think God's calling you a ministry and you should come on staff here. And probably for the first year, people who knew me from the marketplace said, Wow, what's the, how's the transition? You know, how's the, how, what, uh, you know, how different is it, you know, between marketplace and ministry? And I said, You know, it's really almost the same because you have one common denominator and that's people. And when you have that common denominator, usually there are similar issues that, that come up. Um, to get to your, your point uh, about how do you, I think we, we write about that a little later in the book, but one of the harder pieces is how do we dis, um, uh, disclose a blind spot in someone else and what's the posture and how do we do that? I think there are a couple of things. Number one, uh, and you alluded to it a little bit, I so what role do you play in that person's life? If you're an employee talking to a boss, that's one type of conversation. If you're a boss talking to an employee, that's another type of conversation. If you're a friend talking to a friend, that's a different kind of conversation. But all of them, I would say, uh, has to be grounded in love and has to be grounded in empathy. Um Sometimes you have to bring some authority, particularly if you're a boss talking to an employee. But I always say if you um, start with a lot of empathy, uh, then you don't have to use as much authority um, in order to, to try to get uh, the attention. The bottom line is, is you have to earn the respect of the person. I had a staff member when I was in the church and we struggled and they had some blind spots and I tried everything. And finally, uh, my approach uh, that I took was I was going to spend two months and I was going to do everything in my power to let them know that I was for them. In other words, any any chance that I could be for 
them what they were doing. As long as it was a positive agenda, I was going to go to bat for them. I was going to encourage them. I was going to be for them. And then at the end of that time, for the first time, we were able to have a real heart-to-heart conversation about their blind spots because I had finally earned the respect of them. Even though I was their boss, I had earned the respect to, to allow me to speak into their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that is what's so difficult is you might have earned the respect, but you still fear fear your job because we know when we're sharing feedback with somebody and it is their blind spot, uh, the two, I think it's, um, oh, now I can't, I can't think of, of her name that uh, she talks, she's the one that studies uh, vulnerability and shame. Um, anyway, the two things that get triggered are, I feel less than, and who do you think you are? So if that's what triggers, you know, the emotion and you're the messenger, right. then the, if, and you know that, Hey, I'm going to trigger these two things. It's like you said, go in empathetically and maybe even talk about the elephant in the room. I, I fear this. I, I'm, I'm coming forward and I fear this because I've learned that, oh, Brene Brown is who I, I wanted. Right, to right, right. Uh, the two things that get triggered are, you know, you're going to think, who do you think you are? And, um, you know, and I, I'm, not, I'm doing I'm telling you this because I value you. I want you to be as successful as you possibly can. I want our team to be as successful as we possibly can. Uh, and, and I don't want you to, to feel like I'm saying this to hurt you in any way and then move forward. Like you said, with, with empathy, but we still will often, it takes us a while to be able to accept that. I I know I, I always tell my kids when people give you feedback, just say, thank you. Let that be the first (laughs) thing that comes to your mind because the first thing that's going to come to your mind is get defensive. And I did that because of X, Y, and Z. So just say thank you. And if you can go, I'd like to think about it and then I'll come back to you. (laughs) Yeah. I I think too, I think you have to also be aware that um, we may see an employee, for example, we may see someone acting out and there's a visible action that we want to bring to their attention but the real blind spot is underneath a layer of some things. So I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Um, in the book we write about, write this, I tell this story. And, and one of the easy parts of, of writing the book was that we just shared stories of our own <laughs> faults. And uh, we're pretty transparent about that. So I had lots of blind spots that I could share. But um, we were, uh, as, I was, as a staff, as the executive, as the executive pastor, we, it was January of a year, and we decided that we were going to focus. Our theme for the year is we we're going to focus on the fruits of the Spirit. And what we were going to do is we we're going to – everybody was going to pick one fruit that we focused our energy on and that we wanted to see grow in our life. Now, I realize Paul didn't mean for us to cherry-pick those, but, you know, we said, hey – you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So pick one fruit. And so the way we determined that fruit was to send, uh, to talk to our families, our friends, and to be transparent and say, hey, if there was one fruit that I should focus on, what would it be? 
And so I have a family of six. I have four children and my wife, Stacy. And so I was driving my son to college uh, at that time. It was driving to college uh, visits. And I decided he was driving and I was on my phone. So I thought, well, I'll send a text poll. And I sent it to my family and said, hey, we're doing this exercise. What's one fruit that I should spend um, my energy on this year? And quickly, you know, a dean came back and it was from one of my kids and it said patience. And I thought, wow, that stung a little bit, but okay, you know, <laughs> try not to be defensive. And then um, a few seconds later, another one came back and said patience. And I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> I'm seeing a trend here. And then the no- next one came and by the end of it, I looked at my son and he hadn't seen the responses. And I said, so what do you think? And he said, I don't know what, maybe patience. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, well, at least it's unanimous. Well, when I was writing that chapter in the book, one of the things that as I started to dig a little bit deeper, I thought, you know, patience is the surface level. But what's underneath that? What's underneath? What causes me at times to be impatient with people? And it was it was hard for me, but when I got to beneath that layer, I was able to admit that, you know, sometimes I might feel a little entitlement. Sometimes I might feel, you know, I, I deserve for you to, you know, act this way or do this or whatever. And I get impatient when you don't do what I expect that you should do. And so I feel like I have some entitlement, you know, like I walk in, if somebody's a customer service in a store and, and if they're not handling it right, you know, I can, I can quickly go to, well, who in the world are they? I mean, did they just start working yesterday? What's, and I'm ashamed of that, but that's the reality. And when I was able to identify with that, I said, you know, it's not impatience. Impatience is the byproduct of maybe a bigger blind spot, which might be entitlement that I really needed to put the spotlight on. Wow. Yeah, I I find that fascinating that there's there's always this rooted issue <laughs> that it goes yeah. for which many times it goes down to fear and Correct. our own insecurity and our feelings of inadequacy um and we have to go okay, why are we feeling so inadequate? with that or just we're feeling inadequate because we can't control the situation, which is another, you know, bright byproduct. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I I find that. Yeah. Just so interesting. I I think that's why scripture talks about the root of bitterness. Mm. You know, when when we think about, you know, just, you know, and sometimes that's a blind spot that we all can have at times if we've, if we've had a relationship go bad or whatever, um, and so we have this, uh, this, this, uh, a really a sin, I'll call it a bitterness, but if we, I, I use the illustration, it's almost like, you know, when you, when you have weeds in your yard and you can go and you can just cut the surface of those weeds and then what's going to happen, they're going to grow back. But scripture talks about if you just address the surface level of bitterness, you know, I'm going to smile, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to force myself to just say better words and things like that. It's not until you get down and drag it out by the roots that you finally can address that particular blind spot. Mm. And that is a perfect way to end this segment. We're going to take a commercial break and we will be right back discussing this with Tim Riddle.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Residents of Alligator Point, Florida, discovered a 400-pound Gabrielunzi bear raiding their garbage. They called the local wildlife authorities. The officers came out and shot the bear with a tranquilizer dart in order to move him. Unexpectedly, the frightened bear swam out into the water, where it started to drown as the tranquilizer began taking effect. Adam Warwick, an officer from the Wildlife Commission, jumped into action, swimming towards a juggernaut bear, while the other officers tried to figure out how to rescue both of them. Adam was somehow able to grab the bear and paddle 25 yards to the shore, saving the bear's life. The bear was then loaded on a truck and transported back to its home in the forest. What's the word for a last-minute attempt to get something done? A charrette. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right, we are having a great show today with our guest, Tim Riddle, author of Blind Spots. He's also the CEO of Discover Blind Spots. And we were talking about uh, the, the one um, asking for that one piece of feedback, and you were sharing with it was patience. Um, also, at the beginning of the show, and you talk about it in your book, um, something that took place in a meeting with your team. Will you go into a little bit more of getting the roots there of, uh, you know, here you are a strong leader and you had a major blind spot taking place. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you said earlier, you said something about you, you being the most self-aware person, you know, certainly you don't have blind spots. I was almost <laughs> thinking, wow, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. I think I've said those exact same words, but yes, it was a, uh, uh, a period of time where I had uh, spent some time crafting a strategy, uh, a plan, and in doing that, I uh, was presenting it to a leadership team, and I was pretty confident that it was the right plan and the right direction, uh, but it was a peer team. It wasn't a team that worked under me, and so I presented the plan to them, and I was completely thrown off guard by some of the questions that they asked, and to to the point that uh, obviously, my demeanor changed a little bit, and uh, when we ended that meeting, I noticed that it ended fairly abruptly, 
And for the next week, uh, I, I moved from thinking, you know, gosh, what in the world is wrong with these people? You know, and, and uh, you know, why can't they get this? And, and what's happening? Well, about a week later, we decided to all get back together and, and just recap, you know, what we discussed in the previous meeting to try to, you know, do the Jesus thing of getting face to face because we, 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 all of us knew there was some tension. So when we were sitting together, one of the members of the team said to me, uh, hey, when we were that we were talking about the conversation and the tension, and then she mentioned, she said, you know, during that conversation, you said this, and she repeated something that she said that I had said some words that I had spoken, and I remember thinking, well, I never said that, you know, but I didn't want to say it at that point because I didn't want to appear to be defensive, so I waited till she finished, and then I looked at her and I said, wow, thanks for that, thanks for sharing your insights, I really appreciate it. By the way, that one thing you said, you must have misunderstood because I didn't say that, and the other five people who were in the room looked at me and said, yes, you did, <laughs> and I thought, holy cow, was that such a blind spot that I literally said words that I cannot recall ever repeating. Mm -hmm. So it was a humbling experience. And, and, and some people will say, well, why do you want to, you know, expose yourself to that? I mean, that's no fun. Why would you want to do that? But I've, I remember like it was yesterday, the next morning, this meeting was on a Friday. It was Saturday morning. I woke up and I was sitting on the edge of the bed and I thought, Wow, why did I must have slept really well last night because I feel great today. And I began to reflect and I truly believe it was because this blind spot had been exposed. And I sent the group a note and thanked them for being a blind spot accountability partner for me and the relief I felt knowing that we were able to back to our roots discussion, maybe get to the root of the issue of that previous meeting. Mm. Wow. And and it's powerful to say thank you, truly with the intent of being thankful. And I, the, the same situation with this particular leader, I honestly didn't want to move forward with this organization because I thought I, I'm not going to be with this person who's judging me to that level. And obviously it's a different, you know, personality. <laughs> Right, right, right. We just, you know, are it's conflicting. And months later, months later, we went out to dinner and I was able to say, hey, thank you for that. And in in my situation, uh, like I said, where I felt like, wait, I'm actually out here teaching on emotional intelligence and EQ. You know, I I'm so aware of, you know, body language, et cetera. And I feel like God had me go through that to um it was a very humbling experience to, 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 and even saying it out loud right now, I don't like sitting on this couch, Tim. Thanks a lot for, uh, <laughs> but just that moving forward with humility of it opened up my eyes so much in other meetings. I realized that I did have a tendency to be the one talking and maybe interrupting because oh, my ideas are so amazing, you know, and to really sure. step back and go, wait, 
just stop talking, read every single person in the room. Not everybody's over here just leaning in um, for every word that comes out of your mouth. Like it, it was eye opening. And I, I feel like, like you said, you didn't even know the sentence that you said. You didn't know those right. words came out of your mouth. I think I had a, a, a complete cover over my eyes of, right. of how I was reading people. Right, exactly. I've I've done some work in uh, strength in the strength finder field, and I recall the very first time that that I started studying that, I heard a leader unpack it, and he was saying, "Now, some of some of you leaders, um, you know, you need to really focus in your strengths and and work, you know, manage around your weaknesses." And he said, "Now, you may be thinking, well, what if I tell my team?" And tell them, hey, I'm going to go ahead and just be honest with you and tell you I'm not good at that. You know, I struggle with this. Your team's going to think less of you or your team's going to say, holy cow, we, you're our leader. You're not supposed to. He said, and he walked out to the edge of the stage and he put his hand over his mouth like he was whispering. And he said, let me let you in on a little bit of a secret. He said, they already know. they're just waiting for you (laughs) to know your weaknesses so you're not divulging anything that your team doesn't already know they're just waiting for you to wake up and i think that can be applied sometimes to our blind spot conversations as well and oh that is so absolutely true and we go in often as leaders thinking we can be the hero and they already know and so you saying here's my fault or i'm aware of this help me with this um nobody wants a hero nobody wants (laughs) for you to be so the I, I, it causes them to sigh and go, yes, you know, I'm yes. so glad that you see that. It makes you vulnerable and transparent. And and it's more of a partnership rather than, oh, they, they have it all figured out. I agree. Sure. Hmm. Well, tell us a little bit more about uh, what you're doing now with, with the book. And as CEO, do you go in and you, you meet with leaders and you coach them? What, what I do. Is- yeah, I do. I, um, you know, the book is obviously a faith-based book. And it's it's a it's a book that's you know really meant for an individual to read and do some introspection and to uh, uh, we we define blind spots as blind spot is anything. In fact, we had a, a kind of an interesting conversation with our um, publisher. Uh, we were writing about it and we were about halfway through and 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 we were going through some of the edits and and the publisher said, I think you need to define exactly what a blind spot is. In other words, I think you need to determine is a is a blind, are you saying a blind spot is sin? All blind spots are sin. And we decided that we really didn't want to, most of them are, uh, but what we wanted to say is a blind spot is anything, our definition, a blind spot is anything that keeps you from being all that God has wired you up to be. And mm-hmm. so with that definition, um, I began to look at it about halfway through writing the book. I, I, I started to think, I think there's a there's a business here where maybe I can help organizations by bringing fresh eyes into the organization. And so even though it all comes back to a leader and their personality and their ability to lead, but I also note that a lot of organizations have blind spots in their strategy. Um, you know, they, they have a certain strategy and it's clear at the beginning and then they add more strategy and more strategy. And before you know it, it's so convoluted. 
And then there's blind spots in messaging. In other words, how you message your, you know, your product or your, you know, what your service or what you do. Um, you don't do that clearly. Um, and you don't do it where your, um, uh, where your client knows exactly what you're trying to say. And then that usually leads to a blind spot with teams just being frustrated at all the confusion. Mm, yes. Uh, especially the messaging. We, we are in it you know, so often and daily and being able to, to truly clarify what exactly do we do here and what, what do we want others to do and really unpack and get into the why I think is so, so significant. And with that, Tim, we are going to go into our last commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, um, those, those blind, blind spots on your team. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Whether you are a man, woman, boy, or girl, Lifting weights is an important component to your exercise program. LiveStrong says that challenging your body with different exercises and routines helps keep your workout interesting and effective. Make sure that when you're lifting weights, you are working to fatigue or failure to get the most benefits. When lifting weights, reaching failure means that you could not possibly do one more rep. Your muscle has failed. Fatigue means you can barely do one or two more repetitions and keep your good form. If your workout is too easy and you're not reaching failure or fatigue, it's time to lift heavier weights. Be aware that your form is vital and reaching fatigue or failure is much more important than hitting a certain number of repetitions. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back with Tim Riddle, author of Blind Spots. And Tim, we we were just sharing on the commercial break, um, 
of how can we make sure that we we stay in alignment as we move forward to to live a life free of those blind spots um what i know we 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 left saying we were going to come back and talk about strategy on you know with teams but i i think this question leads into that because if we're free of blind spots then our team is going to be healthier we're all in the same boat we're rowing in the same direction it helps us with our messaging it helps us with our strategies because we can literally be on a dream team and I know I've been on a dream team before and I've also been on a very dysfunctional team and usually the the most dysfunctional team is because we are operating where we can't be completely honest with each other on right. on in love and with empathy and having our intentions to to truly be in that place where you go hey this this is not good and it's because of x y and z and and please share it with me as well and and be able to move forward so that was a mouthful and how the question is how do we make sure that we can live a life blind spot free yeah, thanks for that question. I think, I think this will apply no matter what environment you're in, whether it's uh, uh, you're an employee, uh, a boss, a manager, uh, a marriage, a parent, a child, uh, a friend relationship and so forth. But I love the concept of mirrors. And, you know, if you think about the most obvious place, when you hear the word blind spot, the most, you know, your mind immediately goes to this idea of these mirrors that you have in a car. Um, and, you know, you have your two side mirrors and your rear view mirror. Those are the three basic mirrors. Now, in today's newer cars, there's cameras and you can see all around, but we'll go back to the basics. And so I like to say that we have to make sure that we have mirrors that are in our life uh, in some way, shape or form. For example, uh, my wife Stacy's car, if I get in her car, in fact, this week we were getting some service done and I'm driving her car and she's driving my car. Well, when I get in her car, her mirrors aren't aligned to me. And the very first thing I do when I crank up the, the car and get ready to back out of the driveway is I reach up and I adjust the rear view mirror or I adjust the side mirrors. Um, and I would never think to, you know, to drive, I would never think, well, it doesn't really matter. You know, I can't see, but I'm just going to drive anyway because I'm too busy or I don't have time. First thing I do is adjust them. But we head out in life a lot of times without any mirrors, um, inviting any mirrors in our life. Or if we have them, they're not adjusted uh, correctly. And so I think you do that. I think if it's a, if, it, it, you know, as a, as a Christ follower, I think there's ways to do that, of uh, making sure you're intentional about some one-on-one time. Uh, with God, you know, kind of that that solitude where you sit and not just talk, but you listen. You know, sometimes in my prayer time, I I get you know excited and God, hey, I want to you know talk to you about this, and I finish and I say Amen, and I get up and I envision that God's kind of looking at me like, well, I had some things to say. I guess you don't want to hear from me. So mm-hmm. sometimes I think our listening is as important as our talking. I think obviously Scripture is is critical. To be some type of a rhythm where you allow that to be a mirror in your life. And then the last is you have to have someone that can be a blind spot accountability partner. Uh, our blind spots, we have the, sci- the science behind it. Each of your eyes has a blind spot. There's a blind spot on the back of your retina where there's foot, not photoreceptors and you can't see. But you don't notice them because when something moves into your left eye's blind spot, 
your right eye covers. Or if it moves in your right eye's blind spot, your left eye covers. And I remember when I was doing the research for the book, I thought, holy cow, my right eye is an accountability partner for my left eye, and my left eye is an accountability partner for my right eye, which in essence is to say we have to have people that we are open and say, I'm going to invite you to be an accountability partner for me to help me see things that I that I can't see. Mm. Okay, uh, the mirrors in your car. Uh, that that's powerful because you're right. I I'm always in a rental car, and you right. have to take that time to pause and reflect and look and make sure that they're aligned to you. And you're right. We start our day without you know often without even listening to what God has you know to say. Yet alone asking for those accountability partners to to breathe into us. Um, so so great. Great tip on how are you starting your day and how are you aligning those those mirrors around you? Well, how would you encourage people to love and lovingly point out another person's blind spot? Like how do we so I'm a listener out there and often what we do is we don't look at our own and go, okay, I'm going to start adjusting my mirrors we're thinking, man, I wish Bob would adjust his mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's so easy to see in others, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And our, so, our, you know, besides saying, hey, listen to this podcast. <laughs> right. What do we do? Yeah. yeah, our vision our vision is always 2020 with others, but uh, we can be legally blind uh, ourselves. Uh, but uh, I think that... Um, Again, it sort of goes back to the relationship you have and the respect you have with the person, and sometimes you have to earn that. Again, I think uh, leading with empathy. Um, you know, so, sometimes uh, you know, some we, we have a tendency to go in and say, "Hey, um, just some simple ways that we verbalize to try to make sure that we don't put somebody on the defensive." Most likely, we're going to do that, but when we push too hard. Uh, and we don't have that relationship, what happens is people's ears close. And so there's really nothing you can say that's going to break through. But I think if there's a way to, to have a conversation um, where you're, you're, you're not walking in and saying, hey, you have this issue, but hey, can I share something that I've seen? And there may be another, something else that's causing that, or maybe I'm not understanding it, but can we at least just have a conversation about it? And I think that's step as opposed to sometimes I tell people you're not there to deliver a speech you're there to engage in a conversation with somebody and mm -hmm. usually if both people are able to talk back and forth that's where progress tends to happen mm -hmm. uh, I, I like that it's a dialogue I think often we we might think so much about it that we sit down and we think um, almost like a principal's office where rather than just, hey, do you have a couple minutes that we can just walk? Because I think even walking and talking helps that person get their thoughts together where you're not staring at each other with, you know, their Adam's apple going up and down because <laughs> you're, yes. so, you're so nervous and it gives it that casual feel of, I just want to share. I, I, I love that. And then I like what you said. Um, so we can maybe I misunderstand. So you're putting the blame on you rather than you've got it all figured out because it really is a partnership. And there might be a reason as to 
you know, whatever happened, why it happened that way. Absolutely. And yeah, giving them that, that person that, I mean, that space where it's just a safe spot to, to have that dialogue. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, sometimes when, you know, when you talk, uh, I know spouses, you know, my wife, Stacy and I, I tend to be a fixer at times and sometimes she'll share something with me and I'll say, uh, okay, do you want me to try to fix that or do you want me to listen? And sometimes she'll say, I don't need you to fix this. I just need you to listen. And sometimes I think we forget that and we come in with an agenda and, uh, hey, I know the answer. And so giving that person the freedom to be vulnerable, I mean, ultimately to, to identify a blind spot, you have to be willing to be transparent and vulnerable. So whatever you can do, I love your idea about taking a walk. Uh, whatever that environment is, so it doesn't feel like you're uh, being sent to the principal's office to encourage that dialogue as opposed to giving a speech, I think is helpful. Well, and and one of the other questions I have, you you talk in your book a little bit about legalism. Um, when, When you're following scripture, and it does say, you know, we need to come along with love and and be able to point out those those blind spots. How do you what what are some of your suggestions in in moving forward where it doesn't come across as especially us as a church we come across as so judgmental do you yes. have any tips on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes that's a and sometimes in the church world, we have a, have this tendency to feel like we're in a bubble or that we're protected mm-hmm. or it gives us a license to say things. Um, you know, that, that somehow we're privileged in a way that we have a license to say things. But, you know, Jesus, uh, even though he was very direct and so forth, you know, he, he, if we go back to his rules, uh, you know, it started with 10 and then it grew to, uh, I had the number like 600 and something rules of things you could do and you couldn't do. And then finally he was asked, so, you know, how about narrowing it all down? And he said, there's really two, just love God and love people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I just think if we can come together, you know, with that spirit, uh, a lot of times when I go in to talk to someone, my prayer is not God, give me the right words. It's God, give me the right posture mm. because my, my body language, uh, sometimes, you know, the, the old adage, you know, what you are speak so loud, loudly, I can't hear words you're saying. So, mm-hmm. uh, the body language that you bring into a meeting like that. Um, is sometimes as important as the actual words that you say. Mm-hmm. Well, we just have one more minute uh, here before our show ends. And I, I just want to say thank you again, Tim. I, this has been delightful. Um, this is, you, you talk my, you talk my lingo and uh, you make a really good girlfriend, Tim. I'm just saying, uh, so, so tell Stacy, we really enjoyed having on the show, but what would be, a tip to to our listeners and uh my tip would be go go grab this this book and what would your tip be to our listeners well i would just say if anything find someone that you can it's very um empowering to be able to say to someone hey i trust you and i respect you and i really would love for you to be an accountability partner for me Mm, that is awesome and so with that, making sure that we're soliciting feedback in the right way, like you said, asking for just that that one tip, 
um, surrounding yourself with uh, scripture and with others that are going to be able to breathe into you with with empathy and it just examining. I like the rearview mirror because you can ex- examine your past patterns as well in moving forward. And with that, thanks again, Sam. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the, it's the 